Welcome to Career and Leadership Real Talk, the no-nonsense guide for ambitious managers who want to have more impact and progress their career. I'm Pamela Langan, a job search coach and expert CV writer specialising in helping frustrated professionals land the jobs and pay rises they know they deserve. And I'm Jackie Jagger, a leadership and mindset coach specialising in helping newly promoted and new to role leaders to avoid the dickhead trap and lead with confidence. Between us, we've helped hundreds of leaders and managers to find new roles, take ownership of their careers, and handle the challenges that job searches and leadership responsibility inevitably bring. And now we're joining forces to share with you what we know has worked for our clients. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode. So as promised, we are talking this week about how to handle criticism, which if you're an ambitious manager, it's pretty much inevitable that you will be on the receiving end of criticism and for most of us more often than we would like. So Pam, I know this has come up, hasn't it, for you with some of your clients when you've been having those conversations about career and job search and what have you, the impact of criticism can stay with people for quite a while. Yeah, it's a really tough thing to deal with, I think, because what happens is you'll get criticized by somebody and then you'll take it to heart and you'll really hold it inside for for a period of time. And then when it comes to job search or when it just comes to career development in general, the words from that person will keep coming back and will stay with you and it sometimes it can really sing and stop you from moving forward and I see this so much when I'm preparing clients for interview because I'll question them around certain areas and then they'll start justifying certain things to me and then they'll start recalling different conversations and various bits of criticism that they've received and a lot of people find it really difficult to move past criticism and I think when we did the episode around feedback and we encourage people to ask for feedback. I think what we like, what we need to always remember is that, you know, hardly anybody knows how to give feedback properly. <laughs> like they just don't do these. A lot of the time that feedback comes back as criticism. So you're asking for it because you want to develop, but then criticism comes back and you don't know how to deal with it and I think that's where I was thinking we probably need to talk through how to handle criticism and what to do with it to help you progress rather than sitting on it and worrying about it and I think the key thing for me is why does criticism sting so much? So it's a really interesting one because I recognize that for a lot of what you're talking about for my clients is definitely true there are people who get the promotion that they've been after, they are going into a new role and they are bricking it that what is going to happen is that these things are going to resurface that they've had criticism for previously. And I think the fundamental level can really contribute to imposter syndrome and people's experience of that. It can undermine people's confidence. It can make them doubt themselves unnecessarily. In terms of where it comes from and why it stings, the fundamental thing that I always talk to clients about is when you understand the brain impact of criticism, then it makes sense as to why it stings. So we are wired as a human race for connection. And 
in evolutionary terms, and this is true more so for women than it is for men, but it is true generally, we were reliant on a kind of a tribe, a community for safety and security. So anything where we felt that we were at risk of not being in the in crowd, if you like, not being part of the gang in evolutionary terms, if we then had to survive and exist on our own outside of that community, then that was dangerous. There was safety in being a part of a group. And we still, our brains have evolved and changed and developed in in the intervening time, but still at a fundamental level, anything where we feel judged or blamed or criticized is going to sting because what that does is puts us on the outside of that person. We feel like we have to fit in, we have to belong, we've got a, a natural drive to try and do that. And criticism or blame or judgment makes us feel that we're not achieving that. It cuts us off from that sense of connection and that sense of agreement with other people. So when we feel criticized, that's why it stings, because we are wired that way. And we can't change that. And what it does then is it activates the threat response, the, the natural evolutionary threat response that we have within our brain. So the same threat response that the fight, flight, freeze that people will be familiar with, essentially that's the same thing that gets activated, even though it's not a real danger, even though it's not a car skidding towards you. From the brain's perspective, it's still that same threat response that is activated when we're on the receiving end of criticism. And that's why it's so painful. Oh, do you know what? That kind of, that that really does help understand where that comes from because it, it's ho- so horrible, isn't it? When somebody hits you with that criticism, it's so hard not to take it personally. And I know like myself, like early in my career, like criticism could have possibly derailed my career. Do you know, it was... I used to take it really personally. I I would feel judged. I would feel horrible. And as time went on, it was I learned that it was about listening to that criticism and just working out: is there anything in this? Are there any nuggets that I can take away uh, that I can use to to make me better at my job? To make me better as a person, better at handling things, whatever it was. I was always looking for those nuggets and. I did find, I don't know what your view on this is, but sometimes there were some real good nuggets. And so when I trained my brain to look for the lesson or the nugget in, in every bit of criticism that I received, I would start to do that. Even if I did still take it a little bit personally at first, I think you always do, don't you? But then if you can switch it and go, okay, where's the lesson? What's the lesson? But sometimes there isn't always a lesson or a nugget. Some people are just plain horrible sometimes. You do have to, I don't know, what's it, what would you say the best way to, to figure out, you know, is this person just being horrible or is there something I can learn from this I think it's a really useful question for people to ask themselves and you're you're absolutely right learning how to handle criticism is a really valuable skill because if you can detach yourself from the emotional sting and that threat response manage your emotional response rather than react to it and not hold it rent-free in your head for years to come if it's not relevant, 
then what you allow yourself to do is to create the opportunity to take the learning and to take the development and to be able to use the useful stuff while not letting the stuff that isn't useful clog. And that's the bit that I often talked about earlier, years later, I'm helping clients unpick whereas some of these fears and doubts come from, well, often it's come from criticism from way before. So if you develop that skill of being able to understand and notice what's useful and what's helpful for your own development and to detach from the other stuff, then it's incredibly valuable as a skill to drive your own development, to drive your career, but also to maintain your own sanity. (laughs) Because otherwise, over the course of your career, you get all these different ones that add up. And often you can get them, can't you, that conflict. So you'll get one person will say one thing and one person will say something else. And I see that when people try and correct on the basis of criticism, as opposed to genuine useful feedback, it's almost the fear of that discomfort, the fear of being on the receiving end of that same criticism again, means that people over adjust and they will go to the opposite and then they'll get criticized for that. And so there's then this kind of now I'm stuck because I can't do that and I can't do that. So speaking up in meetings is an example that came up for a client of mine. And it's that aspect of if you've been criticized for speaking up too much, then there's a tendency to self-silence because you don't want to speak up too much. But if you've been criticized for not speaking up enough, then you feel that you've got to make more contribution. And either way, doing the opposite doesn't often feel authentic and true to you if you're just trying to do it to avoid getting the criticism. Whereas if you go down a layer and understand what's going on underneath, that's where you can start to get those golden nuggets that you were talking about. So digging and delving and taking it from the emotional to the logical is where I always encourage people to start and asking that question in the the speaking up in meetings example. Okay, who said that? Did you ask them? for that advice? How do you perceive them? How do other people perceive them? Is that someone whose advice and guidance you trust? Was it given with the intent of helping? And then, okay, if it's come across as criticism, but it was delivered as if it was feedback, okay, so what can I take from this? So if I take the speaking up in meetings, it could be, for example, that somebody could have said you should speak up more. And that could be either because they're a speak louder, talk longer kind of person and they think people should be forceful and be assertive. Or it could be every time you say something, I think that's really valuable and you really make me think. So I want to hear more contribution. And unless you dig under the skin of that piece of criticism you run the risk of just trying to talk more without really knowing what was the intention behind it what was that reason that person holds that view and is that worth listening to yeah that's such a good point because I was just thinking then as you were talking we probably take criticism harder where we feel insecure about things don't we so it's hard, isn't it? Because you've already got this underlying insecurity. You're already thinking something negatively about yourself and then somebody confirms it and it's, wow, 
that's just made it true. That's just brought it to life. I must be bad in that area. So it's right there what you're saying. It's about looking into it in more detail and maybe even asking some questions around where that's come from and what they think of specific elements of something that you're doing. Because I think, like you've just said there, getting under the skin of it can highlight, actually, I think you're really good at what you're doing, but I just want you to do more of it. But that message was just delivered in the wrong way. So I go away thinking... I'm the worst in meetings when actually you think I'm great and I need to do more of it. But because of the way you delivered that feedback or that criticism, I've taken it personally because it totally hit on one of my biggest insecurities. So it's hard, isn't it, to think about breaking it down and using it as a way of developing. And I suppose listening to this, if you've never thought of that way of of thinking about criticism or feedback, then you can start from today breaking it down and rather than reacting to things you can take a little bit of time to think and maybe you need to go back and speak to that person later on when you've let it settle in your mind and you've had a chance to think about it what would your advice be around that that piece of let it settle before is a great piece of advice as you were talking I was thinking about a time when I was criticized when relatively early in my career, I've always prided myself on my views around and drive towards customer service. So customer experience has always been important to me. And my manager criticized me for a customer complaint. And I was absolutely adamant that I was in the right because from a process perspective, I had done what was needed to be done. I'd followed the process. So to me, I was in the right and I was stung by this criticism that you weren't customer focused. And his point to me was, yes, you followed the process, but you also have to recognize that your job is to make sure that every customer leaves wanting to come back and you failed. And that was, ouch, as that message was delivered, I don't think he was quite as harsh as and you failed. It was pointing out to me when we reflected that the approach that I took to following the process could have been different. So then the question didn't become, was I right or wrong? The question became, how can I follow the process and leave the customer leaving with a positive impression? Or how can I minimize the chance that the customer feels so frustrated that they've gone and made a customer complaint. And so while that stung, because it was against my values, I prided myself on delivering great service. So then it stung because it felt like someone was telling me that I'd got that wrong. And I'm, but this is important to me. I know I do it well. I believe I do it well. So I think there's that element where you believe one thing and then somebody gives you a piece of criticism that their perception is different. And that's hard, particularly when it's something that matters or something that's important to you. And giving yourself that time to reframe and to consider is so important because that's when you can move away from the emotional brain reaction and engage your logical brain that's the bit that can really make the difference is when instead of it just being 
an emotional memory of the sting of criticism, it becomes a learning point. Yeah, that's brilliant. I think we've probably covered quite a bit there on on what to do if you feel like you've been criticised. Let's finish by summarising what those steps are. When you get criticised or when you feel like you're being criticised, because I suppose sometimes people might not mean to criticise, but we feel attacked. (laughs) So what can people do when they are criticised or when they feel criticised? So I think the first thing is to recognize and acknowledge how it feels and to create the pause rather than reacting in the moment. So don't chuck out that piece of criticism and assume it's just rude and got no basis to it. Be willing to explore and understand what's driven it. What could I learn from this? If anything, sometimes you will, sometimes you won't and engage that rational brain And if that isn't possible straight away, don't beat yourself up about it. I think sometimes people get upset or frustrated that criticism has stung and they feel like they should have had some great retort or they should have handled it immediately. But often the best response is exactly that. It's a response and not a reaction. And that needs a bit of time and space and distance. So that point that you made about reflecting and taking some time away rather than reacting immediately is so key. And then there's that piece of looking at the layers of asking yourself the questions, what's behind this? What's the intent behind it? What might that person mean? What could I learn from this? And maybe that question of, has this struck a chord because of something I believe about myself and what this is telling me is other people don't perceive it. In which case, how can I make sure that I start to create that perception and what do I need to do differently to create the perception that I want to create? Yeah, that is brilliant. I think you just summed it up perfectly. So thanks for listening this week. And if if there's anybody that you think would benefit from listening to this episode or any of the other podcast episodes, then please do share it with them. And don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite podcast platforms. And we'll be back next week with another episode for you.